Welcome to the Flawless of Friendship Podcast, episode 36. Girl, it's time to blaze that trail. The law of pioneering. God is raising up a fresh tribe of women who have largely gone unseen and unnoticed until now. These women have been set apart and set together to set out to fulfill their callings and finish strong. Welcome to the podcast. That is right. That is right. Happy Friendship Friday. Happy Friendship Friday. Which, should we go ahead and announce that next week, we're changing things up a little here at The Flaws on our schedule. Yes. So on Friendship Friday, starting next week, which is in June, Mm -hmm. June 2021, in case you're listening to this 10 years from now. (laughs) Woohoo! So far, we've been releasing our blog on Wednesdays and coming out with the podcast on Friendship Friday, but now we're switching things around. The blog will come out on Friendship Fridays now, and the podcast will release the following Wednesday morning. That's our change here at The Flaws. All right. Okay. Let's proceed now that my announcements are are over. (laughs) Okay. So this week is the week of the Trail Blazers. Now, I can't help but love women who are called to business and ministry and who just know that God has put something in them for them to do. And they're just sitting in their everyday lives and something keeps on knocking at the doors of their hearts and burning in the pits of their spirit. And so this episode, I believe is a marking of its own for these women. I think something is going to happen in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit so that you can really look at God setting you apart and setting you together so that he can set you off on a trail that really brings him glory. Mm -hmm. And so before you do all that, we wanted to share with you a few markings of a trailblazing woman for the Lord and a few markings that might point that you're not right on the right trail. <laughs> Have you always known you were a trailblazer? You know, I always knew that there was a little bit of spunk in there. I didn't quite want to go where everybody else was going and I expected others to follow me or even if I didn't, they did. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think it was Forced, I would just go do my own thing and people would be like, hey, we're going to come with you. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where we're going, but I will be sure to tell you what to do. <laughs> so well, we always, one of those, huh? yeah, yeah, I was a little bossy thing. It was great, you know, leadership potential, but somebody needs to, if you have little girls who are telling everybody what to do, I love it, but they have to learn how to lead well. And right. So I wish I would have learned that as a little girl on up I think it would have helped me because now I'm taking a rest from leadership until I can do it properly (laughs) or at least start doing it properly so yeah I remember a good friend of mine and pastor pastor Matt Gregory had said Tabitha I really see you like the Pied Piper you're just playing your little flute and all these people are following you when you're little and I was like that's what happened (laughs) yes I was like follow me until the Lord took my flute away. Yeah, so he was like, <laughs> cracked that thing and said, you know what? <laughs> I don't like where you're taking them. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jesus. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Do you want to keep your little pipe so that 
people can follow you into healthy places? Healthy? Or do you want a torch handed to you by the Lord when you learn how to wield it correctly? Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Okay, you take the torch. I'll take whatever he puts in me, and I promise that I'll do everything so that he won't break it. <laughs> Or take it. I always want the tool that brings the fire. Yeah, you want the fire. <laughs> I just, I don't know what I want, but I just want him. So we'll see. I'll take, I'll take whatever. <laughs> I don't know. If, but if he just put something random in my hands, actually, torch sounds much better than if he, like, handed me a fork. <laughs> you know? And you're like, what, Lord? What am I going to do with this thing? You're going to change the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's all I needed. Give me the fork. <laughs> So the dingle hopper. Mm -hmm. That's what I was just about to say. And I was like, I'm not going to say that. That's dumb. <laughs> Thanks well, for saying you're it. You're welcome. I'll always <laughs> say the dumb things. <laughs> oh, well. I was like, oh, that'll just give her something to have to edit. I'll keep my dingle hopper to myself. No, we can always pull out the dingle hopper. Oh, good. Well, if you haven't read the blog this week, as always, go check it out because that's what fuels this podcast. Mm -hmm. Flawsoffriendship.com. The most recent one, Girl Blaze That Trail. And it started out with um, an example of a blinking sign, this blinking sign. I woke up one morning with just this, the opening paragraph just typing through my brain. So I got up real quick, but I knew what it was referencing. And one time, this was several, several years ago, and I was in my complete season of silence, no movement, nothing, where the Lord told me, don't do anything but be with me because, girl, you need it. You know, and it was like, it was my seven year. He took your torch. He took, he your took little, my torch. He took my dingle hopper. He, he took, took your flute. <laughs> he took my flute. <laughs> he took it all. And I had this very prophetic friend of mine. He was visiting and he said, before he left, he said, can I pray for you? And I was like, sure. And he said, Stacy, you have a blinking sign over your life that says, Yes, it's green. Go. And I took that at his word. And I started trying to go. Mm. And somehow there was this juxtaposition between this blinking sign over my life that he saw that said, yes, go. It's green. And the Lord's still not allowing me to go. Mm. And it's just this weird dichotomy, I guess, between saying that the word over your life, ladies, is yes and amen, but it doesn't always mean go and plow the field until it's bare and barren and sparse, and God knows what you're going to do with that once he releases you. And so I guess it's just this know that there's a sign that says yes and amen. It's blinking yes, but do it in the power and the spirit of the Lord and know, and what we're going to talk about today is just knowing how to do it. And making sure that it's with the purity of the motivation of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. so. I think sometimes we correlate yes with go. Yeah. And yes doesn't mean go. The word go means go. <laughs> so yeah. let's set that out there. Mm -hmm. So we said, hey, there are three markings that we know for sure that are in these trailblazers. And like... Stacy said, when you're set apart like this for these callings and, and God is saying yes, and he's saying amen, there are still unique markings that you will have when you are blazing a trail for the kingdom. And it does have to be done with such 
purity. I was telling you a story today how I went to this little splash pad with Gabriel, my little toddler boy. Miracle baby. <laughs> and so we're at this splash pad, and it is amazing. I love it. It's perfect for the mama to just get a little break. It's free. You take them. There's all these sprinklers, and the babies can play in them. And all by itself, it's amazing. And so this was the first day that I ever saw people bring toys to play in the water. So this little group of kids, they brought buckets and they brought these powerful squirters, these squirt guns. And I was just looking at it and I just felt as if the Lord said, you know, this is kind of what you do. Here I say, you know, yes and amen. And you go in a way that I didn't tell you. That place was not made for buckets and squirt guns. It was made to enjoy what was already existing, what was already there, what was already pure, what was already refreshing. Yet, people couldn't help change it up. Like, that's not enough. We need to do it this way. We need to bring this. And so, as we're setting out on these things, I think it's so important to realize, especially in a culture that's like right now and we need to be... What is it when you're just, we want that right now satisfaction of things and it has to be bigger and better than just the last second. And we're becoming numb yeah, to the so good. Glut- gluttonous. It is. And, and we're becoming numb and desensitized to simple, pure, powerful pleasures and plans that the Lord has for us. And so I just want to start by saying, as we dive into these three markings, that when it comes to pioneering, when it comes to blazing a trail for the kingdom, when it comes to starting these businesses, these ministries, these projects, these plans and purposes of heaven on your life, it's going to take a a purity. It's going to take some time for you to learn how to not say, oh, that's a great idea, God. How about I do this? How about I bring this person in? How would I, and just keep on piling up worldly things, man-made things on top of kingdom. Because, oh, if you built something for the kingdom and you built something from the earth or something man-made versus something God-made, it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. The foundation is going to be different. The effects are going to be different. And so we just have to, before we even set out, ladies, I want you to know that it's going to take a set-apartness, and that set-apartness means you have to understand that we can't be passive and we can't compromise certain values. We can't compromise anything. We can't be passive with kingdom projects. And so let's pioneer, but... Let's do it with some purity. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything to add to that? Um, no, go ahead. Okay. I probably had 20 minutes of stuff to add, and I'll just, I'll just save you that editing. Okay. <laughs> you just go. Okay. Being set apart yeah. for godly things is awesome. We know at the Flaws of Friendship that God also will set us together with people because his assignments carry so much weight and they need other perspectives. They need other people, their giftings, their, the way they see things, the way they do things. And he loves to partner us for our protection and for mm-hmm. more power, which is fun, right, to me. And so we can't do those things or we can't set out without doing those things. Mm-hmm. And so 
on the blog this week, three women in scripture really stuck out to me and they really highlighted three markings, three characteristics that I think that every trailblazing woman should possess. And I believe you may be drawn to one of these women that we're talking about, but I believe you probably carry all the characteristics, all these markings within you. And so shall we just dive into them? Shall we do one at a time? Or do you want me to name all of them? Let's do one at a time. Okay. Okay. Who are we going to start with? You pick her. I get to pick her? Why don't we start with Esther? (gasps) Esther. Okay. So the marking of Esther is intimacy. Before you get to plowing it out, you have to be set apart in intimacy with the Lord. You have to know his voice. You have to know his ways and you have to know his will. And I'm not talking about the kind of slave mentality that we often see. I cannot move. You have to, like Stacy said, you have to know that there's a yes and a amen above your head and that he gives you the go because his voice said go, his heart said go, his movement said go. And so she had this way about her where she could go save her people, yet she felt brave enough to go up to the king when nobody else could have. And so I believe you have to have a closeness with the king for the if you're going to try to build that kingdom out. And so she had that, and she also actually operated with a heart for injustice. I believe that she saw she was close to him, but she she had such a justice seeking heart. This powered her. This fueled her to say, "Okay, change has to happen. And all these women, they saw something that was wrong and they rose up to be the problem solvers. And so when you're going out, there's a problem that you see that, you know, that God has designed you for to correct. And so there was this injustice. She had the intimacy and then she was able to have the fruit. And so. What do you think about that? Well, as we go through the women that you brought, how about I counter them with the women I brought? Because if you're a trailblazer and a pioneer, you know you're one. But it doesn't mean you're always going to be one for the kingdom. And so when I saw who you were bringing, my mind immediately went to trailblazers who we are still paying the consequences of their lives today. They blazed a trail and we're still burning people on that trail. Yeah. Yeah. And so the one that came to me that opposed Esther and her injustice and, and the intimacy of Esther was Margaret Sanger, who is the, I guess the mother, the creator of Planned Parenthood. What struck me about that when I saw that Esther represented intimacy was that Margaret Sanger came along so concerned about intimacy that produced unwanted pregnancies. She was a sex educator, but she was a racist. She was an activist. She was a nurse. And because of her life and her establishing, you know, everything that she was doing, these clinics in downtown Brooklyn led to Planned Parenthood as we know it now. Mm -hmm. So in the wake of this trailblazer's life, we are killing 40 to 50 million babies a year. We have 3,000 abortions per day in the United States. And if you go on the World Health Organization's website, there is literally a ticker that you can watch. And it starts over every year, starting at January 1st. And so far on this date in May, we are up to 17 million abortions so far this year. And that just, when you talk about intimacy, 
and I was just speaking with a friend of mine this morning about this. She's a few years younger than I am and just trying to figure out what is it that she's called to do? What is it she's supposed to do? Knowing that the Lord has called her to a calling away season and yet she's a little afraid to go there. Mm-hmm which I think is typical for most of us. It's a scary place to be and we don't want to stop what we think are the good things in order to be called away to stop everything for a while, except that trailblazers, I firmly believe this with everything I am, that if you want to know why you are alive and you want to blaze a kingdom trail, you will always go through a consecration time. And it involves learning how to be intimate with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Learning there is no harvest without intimacy. Mm-hmm. No harvest. We have nothing to offer the world if it's not out of intimacy. So if you want to go and you know you're a pioneer, you know you're a trailblazer, and yet you don't know the intimacy of the Lord, you are going to end up murdering more than you give life. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that a lot of times where people hurt the Lord, we're often in the desert, in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And so many people are scared of the wilderness, but they don't realize that's where you hear the Lord's voice and the direction so much more clearly when you're set apart and set away from the world. Yeah. Next on the roster. Why don't we do Ruth? Ruth. Okay. So another marking of the trailblazer Mm -hmm. is found in Ruth and Ruth. I don't think I ever correlated it with this until I thought more about it, but Ruth was a risk taker. She was willing to drop everything she knew to follow a woman to a different culture, different belief system, different everything. And so she is one of our first trailblazers, one of our first pioneers. And I believe that she just had something that was willing to lay everything down and willing to risk it. And we have to be women who are willing to risk our comforts, risk our reputations, and risk every single thing. We would be willing to give up Mm -hmm. anything and everything to follow him into these places that he's called us to pioneer. Yeah. So the person that I corresponded her with is the infamous Jezebel. Ooh. She was married to King Ahab. Mm -hmm. And so what was interesting about this was that Ruth came and she basically, she gave up her identity and she submerged herself into the culture of being an Israelite. Mm -hmm. She adopted the religious and social norms of her, the people that she was trying to integrate with. And she was praised for her conversion to the Lord. So to take Jezebel, she was also pulled in, except she did not conform out of a spirit of humility. She remained so committed to her own gods and ended up introducing the worship of Baal. She introduced a polytheistic culture, more than one God, replaced the monotheistic, only Yahweh as the one true God. One woman. One woman, Jezebel was smart. I'm sure she was beautiful. I mean, she was made by the Lord. And that's what's so, I guess, heartbreaking about trailblazers is that they are crafted by the Lord in that same place that Ruth was. He took pleasure over knitting Jezebel together in her mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way, this is what happened. 
and that led to prophets being killed. And then we've got Elijah and the big scene on Mount Carmel where all the prophets of Baal are calling for fire. They don't hear anything. Elijah comes. But what's so amazing, too, is that she was such an intimidating spirit. And I'm not even sure Elijah and Jezebel ever met face to face, but her reputation went so far ahead that when Elijah got word that Jezebel had threatened him, he headed for the hills wow. and hid and had never really even come face to face with the woman. And he didn't want to. No. Even after the Lord lit up his altar with fire and huge victory for Elijah in front of all the people, and he was still running. So we can see that Jezebel, no ordinary woman, Mm -hmm. but a trailblazer and so much destruction. And in the end, it ended up costing her life Mm -hmm. in just such a gruesome way. She was pushed over a balcony and then eaten by the dogs before they could even bury her. So a very tragic end. And to this day, we still hear the Jezebel spirit and she's just... She's not a good woman in our biblical history. Mm-mm. Enemy of the Lord. Yes, she was. But what you were saying, you can take these things and mix them. You could take the good and you mix them with the bad. And if you look at Jezebel strictly from, I don't know, just kind of a woman's standpoint, she was extremely loyal to her husband, mm-hmm. very smart, very conniving in a way that, You know, she knew how to get what she wanted. And you just think if those things had been touched with the fire of the purity of the Lord, Mm -hmm. how much more she could have done to further the kingdom. Because that kind of a woman is a trailblazer. She's got a lot of probably very good characteristics that the enemy got a hold of and completely destroyed a people and a nation because of it. Yeah, and I think it's so important to really say what kind of reputation is going ahead of me. Mm -hmm. You know, what you're building behind you will build a reputation that's going before you. And so what are you building behind you? What is it looking like? Because it is building a reputation in front of you. And Mm -hmm. it can be so dangerous if you're building the wrong things, especially when you're doing your best to build them for the Lord. And when there is compromise, any kind of compromise in kingdom values, then you start trailing off. Right. And so be careful. All right. So let's go to Deborah. Influence. Okay, Debbie. Influence. Who doesn't want to be an influencer these days? There are so many influencers on YouTube and everywhere. You're buying what they're using. You want to know what they're brushing their teeth with. You want to know what clothes they're wearing. And I think God is looking for a different kind of influencer. And I think these women who are being set apart and set together to set off and blaze the trail for the kingdom, that they will have so much influence that they are going to be able, just like these women that we're talking about, literally change the minds of kings. That means in governmental positions, they can literally change the laws that, you know, are not good, that are killing our babies. They can start standing up for injustices. They can start going into cultures. They can start. So I guess if you just roll it all up, what the influence looks like, it's we're going to step in. We're going to start taking risks for the kingdom. We're not going to be afraid to cross culture. We are not 
going to be afraid because we have been with the Lord in our wilderness seasons and we've been with him in beautiful fruit that gives us the reminder that he's going to be with us. He's going to go before us. And then that is what begins to build influence because we are starting to do those things that he's called us to do with in such a way that it reflects him and nobody else, no other kingdom, no other God, no other person, but him. But sometimes we have to take our hands off it, let the spirit fill us so that we can plow in such a way where we receive the most kingdom potential. Yep. My mind went to, because of Deborah, the first judge, the first really significant female government leader we see in the Bible, Queen Mary, also known as Bloody Mary, she was the first female matriarch, and she is known by her nickname because, I mean, listen, I don't really falter too much. The woman had a lot of trauma, mm. a lot of trauma yeah. in her early life, won't go into that, yeah. which led her to finally taking her place in succession and in an effort to reinstate Catholicism as the religion of the crown, mm -hmm. the country, mm -hmm. she burned something like 300 Protestants at the stake. And, I mean, it was not, not pretty. So she used her influence. You know, she's got this religious zeal. I mean, you can see that. And Deborah honored the Lord, this righteous judge, mm -hmm. wise prophetess over, mm -hmm. over her people. And then you see a woman so impassioned by her faith that it led her so to kill. Yeah. We see Deborah leading her people to victory. And then we see Queen Mary killing them because she can't get what she wants. And it's just this religious spirit oh, and it's over so her. Bad. Yeah. And so you either there are two kingdoms, guys. I mean, we're serving kingdoms, either the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of hell. And we are walking in really dangerous ground in our trailblazing efforts because we're beginning to partner with a little bit of hell. But when hell begins to taint your heaven, then heaven begins to back away. And so I want you to stay strong. I want you to say, I am set apart for heavenly ways and heavenly will. And I'm set together with godly people, not ungodly people, because each of these women, they partnered. They had partners. You can look it up. They all partnered with somebody mm -hmm. or some people. And when they did that, if you're partnering with godly people, you're going to produce godly fruit. But if you're partnering with the other kingdom, then it's going to be bad. And so when you set out to fulfill the calling on your life you can finish strong because you you were filled with the spirit you knew his ways you knew his will and you produced it on the earth yep yeah mm -hmm. okay so what was that one scripture that you wanted to tell him as we're leaving here so the scripture was in judges it says go in peace your journey has the lord's approval we have seen the land and it is very good don't hesitate to go there and take it over. When you get there, you will find an unsuspecting people and a spacious land that God has put into your hands, a land that lacks nothing whatsoever. So go take your land, pioneers. Go in peace, says the Lord. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Make sure you check out the blog on Friendship Friday next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.